Okay, first intro. Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL show. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please vote with your fingers and rate, review or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like, every positive review. I'll start that again. Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL show. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do vote with your fingers and rate, review or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like, every positive review and every additional subscriber makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to hear from you and to interact with NFL fans on our social channels, wherever you're listening in the world. So please do get in touch. And with that said, on with today's show. Intro two. Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL show. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please vote with your fingers and rate, review or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like and every positive review and every additional subscriber really does make a huge difference. It helps others to find the show and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to see you at our upcoming live show at Busker's On The Ball Temple Bar in Dublin on August 21st with our special guest, Sky Sports NFL analyst, Phoebe Schechter. Full details on the website and on our social channels and tickets are available on eventbrite.ie. We'd love to see you then. Now, on with today's show. And done. Perfect. That's on track during the week. Justin Herbert got paid and has now set the benchmark for quarterbacks, and that's roundabout what uh, what Burrow's going to be looking for, I guess. Yeah, and and rightly so, because you know, again, Burrow has has shown an, an ability to to go in and and in the toughest of moments to get wins. Like you can go back to the game against the the Titans, nine sacks, running for his life the, the whole time. They get the win. Uh, you go in tower on head, you're down, you look getting buried, and you again you you, you get up off the, the canvas. Um that that's how important he is uh, to them. And so he he will get paid, but I you, you imagine, you know, the he he's not under pressure to get the the deal done as such, right? He he wants to and his agent are, are you know, the, what's in it for them to, to sign early? Like, you know, they they know the Bengals want to. Let's say, right, the Bengals decided, oh, we're not gonna, we're not going to get that. How many how many other franchises would she walk? Um, you know, this would this would make the Peyton Manning sweepstakes seem quaint uh, if Joe Burrow was to to come on to the market. So he knows that it's going to to happen. But look, when it comes to, to Herbert, um, the, the Chargers, in fairness, um, talk about the, the Spanos not having the, the money of some of the uh, teams around the, the league, and that is the, the case. Um, but they aren't afraid to, to cough up. And again, they've kind of looked to front load that contract. I think about $100 million of it is in year one. Um, so that that is what they are to looking to, to ensure that on the back end of it, they'll be still able to put talent around him. And they have been able to draft a lot of good young pieces. Now, they are going to have guys, probably the last year of Austin Eckler uh, with the, the Chargers, they're going to have to replace at least Keenan Allen, if not Keenan and Mike Williams uh, next offseason. Um, so lots of different pieces. But Herbert has been absolutely sensational. And 
uh, my big question mark was always last year under Lombardi or in the last couple of years, he didn't see him push the ball down the field. He has very kind of publicly said in the past couple of weeks, he wants to push the ball down the field. If I was a Chargers fan, that would be music to my ears. Uh, Brian, he said something else, which is kind of interesting. Um, after the contract was concluded on Wednesday, he said, the new contract allows him to, quote, play fearless. Like, if he wasn't playing fearless before, I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do this season. Yeah, and the, uh, we had a great interview with Zion Johnson earlier in, earlier in the offseason. He spoke so you know highly of the player himself. You know, what we see on the field is not necessarily what we see off the field, but he's, he's a real motivator. He's a real kind of gathering of men. He doesn't come across that type of quarterback. He comes across a very kind of quiet kind of demeanor about the guy. But by all accounts, that's that's not the case. Um, I love the way Colin was talking about the contract. I, I'm going to be certain Colin this co- contract. He's in the Daniel Jones contract world now, um, which is which is great to see. Great to see two quality quarterbacks getting well paid this off season. But uh, no, like even the social media aspect that which the Chargers they're continuously pushing out the narrative of all the explosive plays in which he he's having in in training camp. But as Colin Moses says, these these videos we see where people are going after more and they were great catches and great shows in the offseason pays into little significance come week one when when they're going to be facing a team like the Dolphins with a really tough one. But yeah, like I'd imagine he does a bit of relief on his side. Like Colin has touched on Joe Burrow, and he's he's correct, especially now. Like Joe Burrow is under no pressure to get this contract. Where there was always kind of a, a feeling the hair, but was was very keen to get it done. So I'm sure he's the fearless thing is, is interesting. So he's going to be playing with all bells and whistles on the Kenny Moore's offense. So I'm very keen to see how Kelly Moore handles Justin Herbert because everybody believes he's going to come in and he wasn't the problem in Dallas. Um, he's he, and he's going to be the answer in, in LA Chargers. I'm not entirely sure on that on that that side of things, but I've been on the Kelly Moore issue trail for quite some time. I'm on that Kellen Moore bandwagon, I have to say. I, I, I do think he's going to deliver. I think he's got extra motivation. He certainly wasn't the problem there. Like, we all know who the problem was. Um, but but speaking of one of Kellen Moore's f- former players, uh, Zeke Elliott visiting the Patriots. I, I This offseason has been the story of the running backs feeling disenfranchised and pretty much all of them getting to visit New England at some point. I don't know whether Bill Belichick is running a counselling service for disenchanted running backs, but they haven't yet signed one. Will Zeke be the guy or is this just a, a bargain employee column, do you think? Oh, well, I mean, you heard Jerry again this week. He just does not seem to be able to let this go. I mean, the man who cannot move on. Um, and, you know, there, there's still an opportunity for Zeke to come in here and Zeke can, can still do it. Have, uh, like, if, if the, the, the Cowboys are to have any success, they, they need to find a way to distract. Uh, Jerry Jones, you know, just find a shiny thing that you can dangle over here and take Jerry's attention because the last thing in the world they needed is Zeke going back in. It was in the law of diminishing returns. With I think Zeke in, in a different system and wait, he's not the main back. Yeah, I mean, Zeke can absolutely still uh, contribute. But the problem is that Jerry was so obsessed. I mean, this time last year, right? And it was even close to the season. Remember, Jerry said, you know, as he goes, we go. And I think, what kind of a lunatic are you? I mean, at that point, somebody should be sitting down and saying, no, Jerry, that, that's not how the NFL works anymore. We are, you know, it, it's not 1993, it's 2023. Um, so I would say for, for me, Zeke, should go anywhere else rather than back to to the Cowboys. 
Do you think New England would be a good spot for him, Brian? I think it makes sense. I think he he would go in there and he would support Stevenson, who's the lead back there. And um, he would like they lost they lost um, run their former uh, running backs who's gone to, got the Buffalo and he, he's you know I, I was quite surprised that he, he left ages. I think he's lucky. I think uh, we recognise at this stage Seek as as comes and he's not the lead back. Whoever team he goes into in the right situation will support a running back. And we've seen the Patriots. I think we're going to come on this, but we've seen the Patriots also. We have Dalvin Cook in you know for potential. You know, in case I would have thought Alvin Cook would be more the player that would really suit the patient. But I think he's looking to be kind of a lead back where C. Kelly would recognise, I think, at this stage, going into the right scheme with a team like the Patriots. They go through, what's the expectation, no matter who takes it, Zeke? They're not expecting them to come in and hit the ground, hit the ground running in terms of being a leading back, taking majority of the snaps in the backfield. He'll be there to support him on, on short yardage, short down plays and on the goal line, touchdowns and in the red zone. That's more, That would be my expectation. I think it's a it's a good few, but I'm not entirely sure it's going to happen. I think if it was going to happen, why wouldn't it happen last weekend? Like he's not going to be looking for ration, not the money. He's walked out there, and it, when you see the um, the, the various different social media outlets, in terms of the NFL will say they're going to keep in contact with women. To me, that sounds like yeah, thank, thanks with no thanks. And you know, you had dinner with Mac Jones, the other accounts, he was pictured having dinner, but yet there's no deal. It, to me, it sounds like he's trying to find a way to build up some leverage to calvinize the Cowboys and give him an. an Colin, as Brian mentioned, Dalvin Cook, probably the only running back that we haven't had a chance to discuss yet. Uh, Brian mentioned them briefly there. Um, if you're to pick between Dalvin and Zeke, I'm guessing you'd like Dalvin Cook in New England out of those two options, but it, it does sound, as Brian was saying, like he wants to be the guy wherever he goes. He doesn't want to be the supporting act. No, um, but I suppose that's, in some ways, that's not a bad thing. I mean, he, he likes to post that uh, tweet of, you know, the extensive play, as he keeps referring to to it, where he broke off last year uh, and went for, I think, around 70-odd yards. Um, but, look, this is, a, this is a really strange time of the year because you've got players and their agents trying to, you know, leverage what they have and, and you've got teams trying to leverage um, themselves and I know Brian you did uh, at an interesting interview earlier today in which the, the feeling out there among certainly some of the Jets media is that Dalvin Cook wants to go to Miami and that he's essentially leveraging uh, the, the Jets interest in him and bringing him in to try to get Miami to pony up the, the cash so that's a, an interesting one. I think that, that podcast will be available later in, in the week and people will get the opportunity to, to hear that. But that's coming from Jets Media. Is that accurate? We have no way of knowing that's the, the ceiling on the ground. But what I, I would say to anyone right, watching this or just interested in sports writ large, um, and it's a piece of advice that I heard from Richard Kirk. Um, he's a, a journalist who now lives it up on the French Riviera, drinking wine and enjoying steady retirement. Kurt said, never believe anything anyone in, in sport says publicly, be it an owner, be it a coach, be it an agent, be it a manager, because it all comes with an agenda. They're all trying to sell you something. They're trying to spin something, they're trying to leverage themselves into the best possible position. So everything you see said, recognize that there is something behind that there are strings and, and there is a, a puppet master so take everything with a grain of salt and recognize that 
you know, just because a player says X or a, a coach says X or a general manager says, yeah, we, he's great and really valiant, doesn't mean they're going to pony up the cash. It does mean we're going to tear it apart in minute detail, though. Like, where would we be without those uh, those, those sensational pronouncements? Uh, Charles, I want to make a quick point, uh, and we saw Fred's point there, and he's asking the question, which you've kind of addressed on the Z, but there's been so many storylines around McCarthy and how he's going to structure this offense this year, very different to the Cannon Moore, and he's not going to be as aggressive and attack mode in terms of allowing Dak to go down if he's going to be more methodical, run, run-centric offense. Tony Pollard is coming off a serious injury. He's obviously on the tag and he didn't really challenge the team too much because I think he recognised he's coming off a serious injury and he's probably in a better position to have a good season now and obviously look for a contract next year. But this, we've spoken about it earlier in the show, the likes of Jonathan Taylor coming off serious injury. How, how, how confident are the Cowboys he's going to come back and be the standard running back which they'd expect him to be because the good thing for Tony Pollard over the course of the last three years was the fact that he had Zeke there, that he was allowed to be kind of dual support act. You would think that McCarthy would be keen to get the likes of Zeke or some other running back in if he's going to go with a run-oriented offense. And I know they brought in Vaughn in the fourth round. His father, we saw all the coverage on his father's on the coaches after. That's a gamble. You're going to try to get a forward run. And, and they're talking him up in, in camps saying he's he's hitting the ground running, trying to put a, a forward round running back. I know we've seen it in the past, but like, again, it's a gamble. So I would have thought, like, was Jerry Jones is really wanting Mac? Does it not make sense for him to go back? He recognized the situation. He knows the coaches have. Would it be much more fruitful to have him around as opposed to taking a gamble on another running back? Because I imagine in some sense the Cowboys would have to find a backup to Tony Pollard, who has played in the league and has shown he can do it in the league. Brian, I know you weren't here with us for the for the sliding doors moments last week because you were you were in, enjoying your own uh, your own well earned break. Uh, but as you return just in time for for the All Ireland, we might give you a sliding doors moment of of a different uh, a different hue. With, with with all due apologies to, to listeners, particularly from Kerry, what was your sliding doors moment from uh, from Croke Park from the All Ireland over the weekend? Oh, can I can I not play it? No, I, I could play it if you, if you wish. Uh, you have sure. the power. I have the power. Don't I? Okay. Um, I, I think this might have been the the sliding doors moment when a team was up by three points in the game. Yeah, just bear with me a second. Oh, there's a Daddy Kerr's volley basket. Look at Paddy Small beside him. Small is true. Paddy Small. Hey, it's just 13 into the back of the air. Give him that little goal under 16. The sound are level in the 76 minute. Paddy Small. Here we go, Darrow. We've been waiting for the blow into Ike. It was a mistake. Gavin White got turned over. Colin Baskell did brilliant. Paul Murphy did his absolute best to block it. Drilled it into the ground. If anything, it took a pass. Shane Ryan even better. Spun high into the net. Great goal from Dublin. Really game on now. The kick heard around the world from your world champion, Dublin footballers. I, I imagine, um, I, I'll speak on behalf of the 30, 31 other uh, counties and um, just say, yes, congr- congratulations, Dublin. At that, at that stage, at that stage of the game, I know we're, we're all not killed because we're, we're predominantly NFL related here. But at that stage of the game, bearing in mind that Kerry gave the call away, I felt Kerry were actually controlling the game. At that stage. So they were three points up. Um, I was getting a bit concerned about the goal, and I don't know why Kerry rallied after that. Um, and obviously, the turn point doubled on players that they could bring off the pitch. But anyway, Ra- you go. Rally, rally uh, sensa- rallied sensationally. And, and to be fair, let's, let's give a shout out to the man, Paddy Clifford, massive NFL fan, big Steelers fan, met him at the Steelers launch, an absolute gent, had a 
had a monster game, you know, ended up on the losing side. Obviously not, I would imagine, the last time we're going to see Potty Clifford taking to the field in an All-Ireland final and I'm sure happier happier days ahead for him and who knows, maybe for the Steelers this season uh, as well. Indeed, and I, I think probably if the, there are people watching or listening who haven't checked out um, that kind of what-if moment, uh, the podcast that, that we did, would definitely encourage them to, to do so. It was a, a lot of fun uh, kind of going through um, and it was everything from more recent moments to uh, way back in the 70s discussing uh, some of the everything from the immaculate reception to wide right uh, to obviously um, beast mode and imagining what well, if if only Peyton had Eli's attitude in the playoff, how many rings would he have? That podcast we just did last week was was fantastic, genuinely. I, I really enjoyed it. And for every NFL and there was a listener, they should take time out to listen to that show because it covers every you kind of was touched on it, it covers, it covers every year, no matter what you're what age category you're in, there'll be a story of some sort in there. And it's 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 straighter because when you when you listen back you kinda of go, Oh yeah, I remember that situation. And the enormity of the trays touches Herschel Walker, show me age and stuff, but uh, and then obviously various different ones in the Marshall Lynch and obviously I took great joy in listening to Eli Manning conversations about, but no, really, really would the best. And it was great to see a great reaction on social media. There was some people who said it was one of the best ones they've listened to in quite some time. So I must congratulate the boys on that. Great to hear and, and very magnanimous, Brian. And we, we missed you. We would we would have loved to get your, your what if. And I hope we did uh, we did justice to the big blue wrecking crew and to Lawrence Taylor in particular on, on his own what if moment. Before we wrap, we might throw out another what if, which is what if you didn't get a ticket for the live show coming up on August 21st? You will miss out on a great night of NFL talk. You'll miss out on an audience with Phoebe Schachter of Sky Sports and, and you'll be sorry if you didn't go. Tickets still available at Eventbrite. Details on all our social channels. That's coming up on August 21st at Buskers on the Ball in Temple Bar. And uh, great to direct. Uh, it's always nice when we go live. I mean, it is it, the, the recorded stuff is certainly a lot of fun and allows us to probably go into detail. And Connor, we got to discuss our kind of best ever NFL teams, which is another good episode. But getting to interact with people to, tonight and all the, the chat coming in, I really look forward to that on the night of the 21st as well. And for anyone listening, uh, you know, if you get the opportunity, please do rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you listen to them. It makes a real difference. Uh, or better yet, recommend the show to a friend. That is probably the easiest and best way to help us spread the word about the Irish NFL show. Yeah, um, look, it's three weeks. Was it less than three weeks to, to the live show? And it just again, just whets the appetite for a new NFL season. Um, really looking forward to, to the D event itself and. The live shows are obviously the best. Like we did one in January uh, during the playoffs, and it was a fantastic tour. Now, and so as Connor's alluded, it's always great to, to meet the people in in person who support the show throughout the course of the season. And when we hit that week in particular, we're going to be well into preseason games. We're going to have the college game that weekend, and then we're only a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks away from from the re-election early September. Can't wait. We we better ramp up our own training camp. We need to get the ladders out and start hitting the tackle machines. We've wintered well, in fairness. Some great podcasts we have to, over the course of the week leading up to the Hall of Fame came Colin Bluetooth. We had some uh, Jeff's media aspects uh, today, which will go out every week. We have Browns tomorrow. So we have Browns Jets on Thursday night in the Hall of Fame game leading into, into uh, the preseason uh, slate of games. And then I imagine we'll come back next week because the way things are going in the league, it's not 
you're only an hour away from the next story. So I'm looking forward to catching up on the next news. With you guys next week as well. Great stuff. I guess we'll, we'll leave it there and we'll wrap and we'll talk to you soon.